He's Jonathan. He's Timothy. And this is Project 1517. Scripture, theology, life. In this episode, we move into Jude's powerful commentary on his Old Testament text. It is time for Jude 8. We want to connect the Old Testament examples with Jude's present-day situation. We want to know what it means to pollute our bodies, reject authority, and also all that it means to slander celestial beings. Jude is going to leave our mouths open and our hearts trusting in Christ alone. So Jude now is, he's finished up his first witness of the Old Testament. And his big point is, these people serve as an example for those who suffer. And the false teachers are going to suffer with them, he's saying. Um, and, and now he's going he's gonna to comment on the present day situation. So this is verse 8. He says, in the very same way, on the strength of their dreams, we got to talk about that. These ungodly people, one, here's another, here's another triad from Jude. One, pollute their own bodies. Two, reject authority. And three, heap abuse on celestial beings. So here's, here's a question is, why does Jude use the Old Testament examples that he did? And then bring that into the present day by talking about those three issues, polluting their bodies, rejecting authority, and heaping abuse on celestial beings. What's the connection between the Old Testament and the present day? Well, the first thing that we should realize about those three examples that that we looked at there are there three, uh, you might say, like archetypal Old Testament (laughs) occasions where judgment was brought, right? Like, everybody knows this. Don't be a part of that group. (laughs) (laughs) So just everybody knows these Bible stories. They they are absolutely unforgettable. Everybody knows them. Now, what else were you thinking about it? Well, you know, what he's really going after there is that all of those people, whether you're talking about Israel who stood, <laughs> they are standing on the edge of the promised land. The Lord says, "Believe in me," and they say, "We don't think we can conquer the land." And so they they disbelieve, and the Lord scatters their bodies around the desert. And whether you're talking about Sodom and Gomorrah or the angels who abandoned, who did not keep their positions, they're all rejecting the lordship of Jesus Christ, all of them. And and that's what's happening in the present day for Jude. He's saying. In this way, people are rejecting the lordship of Jesus Christ. And that's how he even starts the letter. So we're, we're already going back to verses 3 and 4 again. But they're rejecting the lordship by polluting their bodies. So they're disobeying the sixth commandment. 
they're rejecting authority, and we'll talk about like what authority are they rejecting. But really, it's the lordship of Jesus Christ. And they're heaping abuse on celestial beings. And in this way, again, they're rejecting Jesus Christ as their Lord, just like the three um, examples that Jude already gave. So that's really what he's going after. Right, and they're doing it, it says, on the strength of their dreams. Yes. <laughs> this is why they think they can, on the strength of their dreams, which right away. <laughs> so, so basically, they go to bed at night. They have a dream about, I mean, seriously, like a rated X kind of dream. And they're like, that must have been from Jesus. <laughs> you know, well, that's like, how it, I mean, seriously, that's that's exactly what Jude said happened. That, and that's that's how slippery this thing is. Now, I think we can do some comparing and contrasting here. So what you have in the scriptures are clear written texts. This is what God wants. This is what God thinks. This is his revelation to mankind. And on the strength of that, Jude is standing up. Clearly on the strength of that, Jude is standing up and saying, uh, this is, this is God's, God's teaching here. And on the other hand, so he's a true teacher of, of the Word of God. On the other hand, uh, these teachers are, are teaching something else based on something so slippery and so shadowy that it's just a dream. <laughs> what do you do with dreams, you know? Um, what, do, what do you do with dreams? You have a reoccurring dream, and you, you got Joseph interpreting dreams in the Old Testament. You got dreamers. You got dreamers. What, what do you do with dreams, Jonathan? Well, first, the number one. I want to say two things about about these dreams. Number one, every dream we have has to be submitted to to the clear word of God, because dreams, like we said, they're figments, they're shadowy, they're slippery. Um, who knows where that did it come from? Sin? Did it come from Satan? Did it come from God? Uh, these are the things you have to think about. Um, secondly, we have no promise in the New Testament that we're gonna get. Uh, an authoritative dream. The examples in the Bible of somebody getting an authoritative dream, right, are, are because salvation history is on the line. <laughs> <laughs> right, Joseph Joseph gets a dream when, when the Christ child is threatened, right? But uh, look, I'm not, I'm not Jesus' daddy or stepdaddy. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, but I don't need a dream to protect the Christ. Um, and so there isn't any reason to believe anymore today that we're going to have some sort of authoritative dream. And that brings me to my third point. I'm not sure that we have to push super hard on this and just say that these were people having some, you know, like some sort of spiritual ecstatic uh, vision or something like that. I think it's this could be as simple as Jude just saying, you guys are dreamers. You have no idea what you're talking about. You know, bad, bad dreaming, though, like... You're just making this up out of your own skulls. So it's just him saying you have no idea really what you're talking about. And on the strength of that, you're, you're, you're just heaping abuse 
rejecting authority and polluting your own bodies. I mean, what do you think of that take? Yeah, uh, that definitely could be um, right. Yeah, just you're just blowing hot air. You know, you're not basing anything on the on the word of God. You know, I will say one thing about it. One thing that I've noticed within, and I'm just going to talk about within the context of Christianity. I'm not going to talk about outside the church, but I'm going to talk about people who claim, make claims to Christianity. I've noticed that people who are okay with sexual immorality, who claim to be Christians, uh, they're going to do it on the basis of the idea of progressive revelation. That's how they're going to do it every single time. In some way, shape, or form. Where do you see gonna, that, though? Where do you see They're going to say that the church has learned something new today. That's true, yeah. Like the We have learned something on. new today. Yeah. yeah. That's in some way, shape, or form, they're going to say that if you unpack what they're doing. And in that sense, they're dreaming. They think that the church needs new revelations from God, that now we have a new understanding of sexual mores. And so that's how they're going to do it on the strength of that. So, so we have these dreamers, and, and, and Jude's going to call them these ungodly people or ungodly men. And, and, and here they are, they're polluting their, old, their own bodies, and I think we've talked enough about that to know that this is sexually, sexually, that they are dirtying themselves up. Um, they are rejecting authority. Now that we need to talk about a little bit more. They are rejecting authority. What authority are they rejecting? <laughs> now, Luther, Luther is interesting on this point. Luther says that what they're rejecting is civil authority. So they are saying, not my king, not my governor. And, you know, I live in the middle of New York City, and I find this interesting because when Barack Obama became president, the conservatives in the country revolted. You know, like they kind of said in their own way, not my president. And then Donald Trump got elected and all of a sudden he's not their president. It's, it's rejecting authority. Right. That God is, you know, I'm not trying to get political here, but I am wanting. You are fair. Yeah, and look, I'm not a Democrat or Republican. I'm really not. Um, what I am trying to say is that when we reject God-given legitimate authority in our lives, um, Luther's saying, you're joining the false teachers of Jude's day. Yeah, and ultimately you're rejecting the lordship of Jesus. Now, I think we can uh, deal with these terms maybe synonymously, reject authority and heap abuse. First of all, one is, is something that you don't have to speak out loud, so reject, you can reject authority without saying anything about it. But the next one, and I believe the Greek term there, is blasphemy. Uh, here it's translated NIV that, uh, that abuse is heaped on celestial beings or on, on angelic beings. And so somebody is speaking against angels. Now, what in the world is that talking about? Because uh, 
are you hearing a lot of that people speaking against angels these days because i'm not it's got to it's got yeah. to mean something more than that and I think maybe I'll give a little bit of background, then I'll let you talk about it a little bit more. We are told that the Torah or God's law or God's instruction in the Old Testament was put in place through angels, through celestial beings. So Isn't that's, that right, that's Galatians, right, where the Apostle Paul lays that down. We I got that in Galatians. Actually, Stephen talks about this. In Acts chapter 7, he, he'll talk about how angels were a part of this process as well. So, and the, uh, so it's not like someone's giving the middle finger to Gabriel, you know, and be like, you're nothing to me or, or whatever, you know, whatever. But, but the work say. of angels, so the work of angels is to bring us instruction from God. And I think there's an, you can disagree with me on this, Timothy, but I think there's an emphasis there, particularly, you might say, on on the law. And, you know, you think of the Ten Commandments right away. But I think there's an emphasis on that. And and when you just say, okay, um, okay, angels who brought us the law, um, I don't believe it. I can do whatever I want. So So here's an interesting thought. For just to ponder, you know, as you think about the Old Testament examples that Jude connects with verse eight, you have you have the Exodus and the disbelief following. You have the angels, and then you have Sodom and Gomorrah. The tightest connection is actually between uh, between the false teachers and Jude Jews day is actually between them and Sodom and Gomorrah. If you think about it, like. What you have is in Sodom and Gomorrah is people polluting their own bodies. Right. Um, you have people rejecting authority, and specifically the, the authority of God o- over their bodies. And and finally, you have these two angelic visitors, um, and they're being they're heaping abuse on them. And so it's really it's really a very tight. Um, uh, connection between the false teachers of Jude and Sodom and Gomorrah, which is intense. You know, we said like this, he intensifies it. So he, the strongest connection is there, right there. Right, right. And so I think on, on a big picture, let's just, let's just pause for a second, Timothy, and, and take this to heart. What does this mean for us? You know, I'm, my heart's heavy right now. I think of the Christian church. I think of people that I love. That, that aren't Christians right now and are struggling with this too. How can we take this to heart, what Judah's saying? I mean, I, I think it goes back to a, a solid approach to the Bible, which is law and gospel. And so you say to yourself, if you're caught up in any of these things, like polluting your own body, let's say, rejecting authority it's just to say wow that's bad (laughs) god god god's got you looped linked quite closely through jude with sodom gomorrah and we all know how that story ends and so there's that part of it and but there's another other part of it too when when you come to that that knowledge of, of your sin and and you say oh wow lord I'm no better than than the people even at, at Sodom and Gomorrah. It's to say, 
Jesus, you brought the people out of slavery and, and brought them into a promised land. You're, you did that, Lord. And I'm just going to put all of my faith in you because you are that good. You want to lead me out of this slavery, out of this sin. And you've made the payment. Can I just say this too? You know, if if people have made it this far in the podcast and they're still listening to us, I I got to tell you the spirit is working in you, listener. <laughs> Cuz we I mean, honestly, we have talked about some really heavy, really difficult things. And if you're listening to this and and you're tuning into it and you feel with us how authoritative this is, God's spirit is working in you and he's leading you me too and i'm i consider myself in this to repentance and and to christ who never polluted his own body for us who never rejected authority for us who never heaped abuse on anybody just came and died for all of us and that's what we can think about and let that lie the heaviest on our hearts even as we consider these very, very heavy, difficult topics, especially in this day and age. We are podcasting scripture one book of the Bible at a time. For more information, visit www.project1517.com or our Facebook page. We do invite you to support this ministry by sharing this podcast with family and friends and by giving us a good review on iTunes. You can also help with the costs of its production by giving a gift on our website. This is Project 1517. Scripture. Theology. Life. Life.